Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you right now to the International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Benito. And also, you can listen to us on our website at internationaldeliveranceministries.org and listen to us on our 24-hour radio program entitled International Voice of Deliverance Radio, 24 hours of uncompromised Christian radio, praise God. We want to go right now into our topic of discussion, amen. We want to talk concerning the issue of weeping and gnashing of teeth, the reality of hell, weeping and gnashing of teeth, the reality of an eternal hell. Father, I pray for all those listening to the sound of my voice. God, that you will speak to the hearts, those who are not saved. God, that you bring them to salvation and bring conviction of sin upon their lives and bring them to salvation through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only means of eternal salvation and escape from eternity in hell. And encourage all those who are truly saved to serve you, to lift you, and to be a witness for you, Lord Jesus, to win souls into that kingdom, Lord, in these last Days of deception and compromise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to talk about the issue of weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not a topic that most churches, unfortunately, today want to discuss. They don't like talking about it. They avoid it. Most preachers just don't want to talk about it whatsoever. They act as if hell doesn't even exist because many of them today, unfortunately, do not believe in the reality of hell. We're in a day and age of apostasy, my dear friend. And what that means is that we are in an age of people falling away from the faith who turned aside from the truth of what the Bible says and have turned, um, like, the script, like the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, they've turned, unfortunately, under fables, under lies and deceits. And so we want to look at the, the clear doctrine of eternal punishment. Amen. Now, we don't take, uh, we're, not, we're not happy about people going to hell. We're not excited about it. We, we weep concerning this issue. We are greatly concerned concerning the is, this issue. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we preach hell, fire, and damnation, because we don't want anybody to go there. And we understand this, amen, from the clear teaching of Holy Scripture, that this is love. When we proclaim, amen, uh, the proclamation of the gospel, preach against sin, preach that there's a real, literal hell, it's not hate. It's love. It's the opposite of what the false apostate church and preachers like to suggest. It is love because when you warn somebody of their impending judgment, this means that you care about them. You don't want them to go there. If you don't care, you won't say anything. You just let them go down to eternal damnation for all eternity. But we want to deal with the reality of hell, the weeping and gnashing of teeth as recorded in the Holy Scriptures. Amen. The Bible talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. In Matthew's gospel, chapter number 24 and verse 51, this is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 51 of Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, the Lord speaking, and he says this, and shall cut him asunder and point him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And why he says this, why this scripture is there is because he's talking in reference to, uh, to uh, an apostate uh, servant of his. 
an apostate servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was once serving the Lord, but said in his heart that his Lord now will delay his coming and shall begin to eat and drink with the drunken and smite his fellow servants, which means that he decided, this servant decided to turn aside from the truth of the gospel and walk after sin and abomination. And the Bible says that there will be only one place for this individual, the place where the hypocrites are. And the Bible says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is a hypocrite? Well, the Bible describes what a hypocrite is. It's, of course, we understand what it is. It's, it's, it's acting in a manner, is as acting in a manner that you are not really a part of. In other words, you're, you're acting in a position or in, in a way, amen, that you're portraying the people, but you're really not that person. You're somebody else. You're something else. In other words, you betray yourself to be a Christian, but in reality, you are a liar. You are living in sin. For example, someone says that they're a homosexual Christian. There's no such thing. And they believe that, oh, I'm serving Christ. But you can't serve Christ and be a homosexual. You have to repent of your sin or an adulterer or fornicator. Amen. Or perhaps you're not even, you're, 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 maybe you, you acknowledge that those things are wrong. But yet you're doing those things behind closed doors. That's hypocrisy. Amen. So you say all oh, that, the, you know, is it's wrong to look at pornography, but in behind closed doors, that's exactly what you're doing. If you're doing that, my friend, God sees it. Amen. And you need to turn from it. If I'm doing if, if any one of us does those things, we got to repent of those things. Praise God and walk right with him. This is what the Bible says. If we do them, we're hypocrites. And God knows that the Bible clearly tells us that that the hypocrite will only be in one place weeping and gnashing of teeth now what does the bible say in regards to weeping and gnashing of teeth what is it what is the weeping what is the uh gnashing of of, of the teeth as recorded here in the word of god well the bible records that the place of weeping the word weeping in the original amen the the, the word weeping in the in the original uh greek language amen which is the original language of the new testament Praise God. That word literally means to uh, the, the word literally means to lament, to wail, to weep, a lamentation. A great lamentation is being done in hell. That's what it means. So the weeping is not people just having a little tear trickle down their cheek. It's weeping and crying out in, in agony. How do we know in agony? Well, that's the word gnashing. The word gnashing describes that they're grating the teeth. They're grating their actual, they're gnashing the teeth in pain and torment in hell. And so the Bible says they'll be weeping, Jesus said, and gnashing of teeth. People crying over their past sins, over their opportunity to be saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. But now they're weeping. Preachers who once served God or who, who professed even to serve God, but lived a lie, lived like the devil, watched all kinds of pornography, lusted after all kinds of women, sleep with women behind the closed doors, amen, and committed all kinds of homosexuality, acts of perversion, lying, extortion, stealing, whatever the case may be, murdering, whatever, and living a lie. And now they're weeping and people gnashing their teeth as a result of, of the sin that they've done, the weeping and the, the crime, the wailing of the pain and the torment that they're now involved in and they have a memory to remember all the times they have the opportunity to be saved and to be wrecked with God. So Jesus says now they're weeping, they're gnashing their teeth, they're in pain, they're in torment. And so the scripture teaches us that they're in a place called hell, not, not in a, a place of purgatory, waiting for the opportunity to, you know, appease God by doing good works, amen, and purging their sin. That's blasphemous. The idea of purgatory, my friend, is not in the Bible, and it's blasphemous because it teaches that the work of Jesus Christ, listen now, on the cross, it was insufficient 
sufficient to pay for our redemption. Listen, purgatory is a lie. Amen. We love our Roman Catholic friends, but it's false doctrine. The Roman Catholic Church, amen, unfortunately, is a false church. It is not the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love. I, I am a former Roman Catholic myself, and, I, and thank God I came to the Lord and got saved. Amen. And we love everybody, no matter the Roman Catholic, no matter who they are, what they do. That's why we preach the truth, so that they can be saved and hear what the Bible says. For it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by everywhere that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So the Bible tells us that hell is a real place. Amen. It tells us very clearly in Luke's gospel, chapter 16, the Lord Jesus Christ himself is talking concerning the reality of hell. Now, in Luke's gospel, chapter number 16, Jesus talks about Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus and the rich man. And the Bible says that they both died. Now, Lazarus was a poor beggar. Amen. And the rich man, of course, was rich. He had a lot of money, a lot of wealth. Amen. And his desire was to accomplish as many things on this earth as he possibly could to, to collect as much money as he possibly could. Amen. And fame and so forth. And so that was the goal of the rich man. And now Lazarus, of course, was was extremely poor and so poor. The Bible says in verse 20 of Luke's gospel, chapter number 16. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Amen. Verse 22, the Bible says this, and it came to pass that the beggar died, listen now, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Listen to verse number 23, and in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now listen to what the Bible says. When the rich man died, the Bible says the boat died, the beggar, which was Lazarus, and the rich man, when they both died, they were buried, meaning to say that their physical body was put into the grave, as a lot of people say, six feet under, put into the grave. That's where the body was. But look, listen to what the next verse says in verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Now, people who are Jehovah's Witnesses, amen, they like to believe that that word hell, which means Hades, they would, in, in the Greek, they would like to suggest that it means the grave. The grave. It does not mean the grave, my friend, not at all. It means a place of torment, as we're going to see, amen, in the next verse. It means a place of torment, not the grave. How can it make sense in the grave that he lifted up his eyes in the grave? That makes no sense. That means he wouldn't be dead. That means he would be alive. And now, and we go on in the scripture, he talks to Father Abraham further down in the text. How can he be in the grave talking to Father Abraham? See, seeing uh, Father Abraham afar off with Lazarus in his bosom, having this conversation is absolutely absurd and completely unbiblical. That word Hades means hell. It does not mean the grave. Don't let no Jehovah Witness tell you any lies. We love the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's why we wanted to tell them the truth to be saved. But that doctrine, amen, of believing that hell does not exist is false. It's not according to the Bible. It's completely alive from the pit of hell. Amen. So here's what the Bible says. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior himself, God in flesh talking. Amen. 
concerning the reality of hell. Now, this is what he says in verse 24, Jesus talking, amen, telling us, in, in, telling us the account of what actually happened. This was not a parable. This was a real event. How do we know that? We know that by the fact that Abraham is not a fictitious person. He is a real biblical individual from the Bible, amen? Matter of fact, the genealogical record of the Savior, of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, is recorded in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel and talks about Abraham, amen, going from the lineage all the way down from Abraham to Christ. So Abraham is not a fictitious person. We know from the Old Testament. And also the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about him here. So if this was a fairy tale or some kind of parable that had no significant reality, then we know for sure the Savior would not interject Abraham into the equation. It's real. Hell is real, my friend. And the Bible warns us about this place so many times. It's because God loves you. God loves you. God loves you and does not desire for anybody to perish and go to hell. But the all come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And he desires for you to turn from sin and be saved by the grace of God. That's what the Bible teaches now. In verse 24 of Luke's gospel, chapter 16, listen to what the scripture says here. The Bible says, and he cried and said, Father, let's go to verse, verse 23, rather, before we get to verse 24. It says, and in hell, he lifted up, lift up his eyes in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Okay? He, the Bible says, is in torments. Who? The rich man, he's in torment, he's in pain. He's not, he's not in a place, you know, in, in the grave and, and, and waking up. This is ridiculous, okay? That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses like the people to believe, amen? The text rejects that completely. Verse number 24 says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. This is a rich man talking. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Here now, listen to this now. Hell is so real. Hell is such a serious place of torment. That the rich man asks Father Abraham to send Lazarus to do what? Listen to what the Bible says here. All he asked was this. This is the only request. That he may dip the tip of, the, of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. All he asked was the tip of his finger in water. He didn't ask for a glass of water. He didn't ask, amen, hallelujah, for anything else, but just the water from the tip of someone's finger to relieve him of the flame, of the torment of hell. That's all he asked for. That's how serious hell is. And he can't get it. He cannot get it. And he will never get it. Matter of fact, as I'm preaching right now, the, I'm teaching right now, the rich man is right now as I speak in hell, right now in torment, waiting for the final judgment to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and to be cast into the final hell, which is called the lake of fire. The word hell here refers to Hades, a place of departed spirits. This, is, this place, hell, is real. Amen. And what it describes is just, it describes those who've gone, who've died in their sin and who have gone to a place of torment. Their spirit is there. Their body is not there right now. Their body will finally be cast into the lake of fire. This is when Jesus says soul and body. So the word hell here is the word Hades. It refers to a place of departed spirits when people die in their sin. Amen. And their spirit goes into the center of the earth, the heart of the earth, and they're there into the final judgment. Okay. Now, this is why the Bible talks about when the abyss is open in the book of Revelation, these demons come out, okay, from the abyss, from the center of the earth. And that's why scientifically the center of the earth is the same temperature as the surface of the sun. Why? How? Because this is where hell is, as the Bible says. And it's real. And the rich man is there. And so Jesus uses another term, amen, in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 10. 
And we go down to verse number 28. The Lord says this in Matthew's gospel, chapter 10 and verse 28, amen, concerning hell. He uses a different Greek word than Hades in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And that word that he uses is Gehenna. And the Bible says this, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, Gehenna. When Jesus talks about soul and body in the Bible, listen, is because he's talking about the final place of torment, the final uh, place of eternal damnation, which is hell, the lake of fire. Now, why does the Bible translate both of these places hell? Because it, it, that's the right translation. They are both hell. Now, this is what it's like. When the police arrest somebody because they did a crime, immediately they put them in a holding cell, right? A holding cell for the time being until, they, until they're able to be put into the penitentiary. Amen? And that's what, that's what this is all about. Amen? You're in the holding cell, which is hell, until you are brought before the judge and cast into the final hell. Amen? So if somebody said, oh, wait, they went to prison, they went to jail, that would be true. But they just didn't go to the, to the penitentiary yet until, the, until after they are officially judged. Amen? They may even be there, but they, but they, they go into after they're officially judged. This is, the, this is the kind of scenario that we're dealing with here. So the place where the rich man is, it's not that he's able to come out and, and be free one day. Nothing like that. He's there waiting for the final judgment as recorded in Revelation chapter 20. Amen. Where the small and great rich and poor stand before God. Amen. Before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account where the books will be open and another book is open, which is the book of life. And the Bible says, whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. So that's what the word Gehenna means. It means it refers to uh, when one is judged for the final judgment, amen? When it talks about the physical body being cast with your soul into hell, it refers to Gehenna, the final judgment or the lake of fire. So the rich man now is in hell, is in Hades waiting for the final judgment of Gehenna, which is, which is the place of final torment in the lake of fire. And what people don't understand today, they believe that, oh, I can still go ahead and, and I can believe, you know, God is a God of love. He'll continue just to forgive me whatever I do. Yes, he will. There's no doubt about it. God will forgive all of us, Amen. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us, praise God, from all unrighteousness. He will. But in order for you to be forgiven and, I, and anyone to be forgiven, myself, everybody, we have to repent. The Bible says, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. So people think that, oh, I'm, I'll just ask God to forgive me and I can still go ahead and smoke, drink, lie, commit adultery, commit fornication, look at pornography, be a homosexual, be transgender, be pansexual, be whatever it is, and still pass through the pearly gates. You're the the Bible says, be not deceived. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous will not go to heaven, my friend. I don't care what your preacher says or your denomination or your church or your organization. It means nothing. It matters what the Bible says. Now we have multiple numbers of preachers now denying the reality of hell. You hear that? They're denying the reality, reality of hell. They're saying that there is no more hell. Hell doesn't exist. We have preachers like Carlton Pearson in the United States, amen, and, and, and others. They, they, uh, they're not denying the reality, reality of hell. They're believing in a, th a form of universalism, amen, and th which means that they believe that one day all those who die without Christ will be one day reconciled to God again. That's not true. 
The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Amen. And very clearly, once you die in your sin, you will not be able to escape. You will not be able to come out and make reconciliation with God again. This is the only time that you have now while you're alive to make your peace with God through Christ. Amen. And so that's why the Bible tells us to do so now. Today is a day of salvation. And so what we find is a people denying that hell is real or, or trying to say that you'll only be there for a time, for a, a, a small amount of time, and then you'll be reconciled back to God. This is lies. Can you be a Christian and believe this? I believe the Bible teaches very clearly no. The reason being is this. Listen very carefully. The reason being is this is because if we deny that there's a reality, that there is a hell, people can, can believe and people will believe that they can go ahead and live a life of, of ungodliness and sin and somehow be reconciled back to God. And somehow God will have mercy. What kind of a message is that? It's lying to people. It's damning the souls. Hallelujah. And the Bible says very clearly that it, the whosoever loveth and maketh a lie shall be in the lake of fire. That's a lie. And so if we love it and promote it and preach it, we can't be saved. We're not right with God. We're leading souls to hell and eternal damnation. In Luke's gospel, chapter 16, as we were just talking about a few moments ago, Abraham, amen, hallelujah, said to the rich man in verse 25, this is what he says, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime, listen now, receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is he's comforted and thou art tormented. Hmm. And he goes into verse 6, 26 and says, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. This is the rich man speaking now. And he continues on to say this in verse 28, the rich man speaking. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The rich man is saying, look, Father Abraham, please, send Lazarus, please. I have five brethren, please, that, they would, that he would testify to my brothers, to my five brethren, amen, that they would not come to this place of torment, that he would testify that there is a place called hell that I'm being tormented there. Give, give him the testimony that this place is real. It's not a figment, not a figment of the imagination. Not some kind of place where preachers say, oh, that doesn't exist. Not some kind of place where preachers say, oh, well, that was started by T Tertullian in the second century by the early church and give all this kind of garbage. It doesn't matter what the early church said or what we have found in the early church or not. It only matters, my dear friend, of what is what is found in the Holy Scriptures themselves. Amen. Let God be true and a man be a liar. We got to listen to the report of the Lord. And this, so now the rich man says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my five brethren to testify the hell is real. The hell is real. That they don't come to this place of torment. Hear what Father Abraham says now. Listen, in verse number 29 of Luke's gospel, chapter 16, he says this. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Here's what the rich man says again. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He says, they will repent, Father Abraham. If somebody were just raised from the dead, from th that, that knows this place, that they've seen it, they can go and testify to them. They'll believe it. They'll repent and turn from their sin and be saved through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's what Father Abraham said to the rich man. The final statement that we have recorded in Scripture says this. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. Listen, my friend. 
if we refuse to listen to the teaching of Holy Scripture, to the sacred text of the Bible, the Holy Bible, if we refuse to listen to the word of Almighty God concerning the reality of hell, amen, then it doesn't matter if somebody to, were to rise up from the dead and tell us that hell is real. We won't believe them. We have Moses in the prophets. We have some greater authority. It's called the word of God that testifies to this place of torment. Jesus testifies of it. And if we're not going to listen to the word of God, then our ears are closed to the truth. Listen, you need to hear what the Bible says. There's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth where the worm will never die. The fire will never be quenched. And people got to understand that no sin is worth it, my friend. No sin is worth going to hell for. No looking at pornography is worth going to hell for. Amen. No sleeping with the women in the church is worth going to hell for. Hallelujah, somebody. Are you hearing when I'm preaching? No drugs, no money is worth going to hell for. Preaching a false prosperity gospel. Amen. And not preaching against sin and watching your members go to hell and not warn them about the impending judgment. You, sir, will be found in hell. Fire and damnation because you wanted to fill your pockets full of money while you watch people go slip slide into the eternal damnation. No, sir, it's time for people to come to the Lord and be saved and believe what the Bible says. Hell is real. And preachers are trying to say today that it's not. More of these preachers will grow, my friend, a dime a dozen. Don't listen to them. They're lying to you. Hear what the Spirit of God says to the church. Amen. The hell is real. Amen. And if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe the one rose from the dead. Hell is real. The Bible teaches. Listen what the Bible says very clearly concerning the reality of hell. Amen. We go to Revelation now. Revelation, praise God. Chapter number 14. Listen what the scripture says here concerning hell. People say, oh, it's not forever. It's not forever. Oh, yes, it is. Listen to what the Bible says here very carefully. We're going to start from verse number nine. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship, this is Revelation chapter 14, verse nine. If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb the bible says in verse 11 of revelation chapter 14 listen now and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever and they have no rest hear this now and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name the Bible says that they do not have any rest. They are not, they are not annihilated. They are not destroyed. Amen. They're not only there for, uh, for a, a, a billion years or a trillion years. They're there forever. The Bible says, and ever. And they have no rest day and night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. That's what the Bible says. They're there for all eternity. Amen. And so the word aeon, people say, oh, that's only age lasting. Is that right? Well, that same word is used to describe the everlasting God. Is God only age lasting too? Listen, the context refers to these people dying in their sin and going to hell for all eternity. That's what it means. And they had no rest day or night, just like the rich man in torment, weeping, gnashing of teeth, crying out because of their sin. Listen, hell is real. And any preacher that tells you it's not is lying to you, deceiving you. We can go further with this, but we don't have the time to do that right now. And my friend, you don't want to be in a place where there's weeping of gnashing of teeth, where there's utter darkness, where the worm doesn't die, the fire is not quenched, and all these false prophets now coming and telling you there's no hell. That's because they don't care about your soul. They don't want to warn people to flee from the wrath that is to come. Why did John the Baptist say flee from the wrath that is to come? Amen. Why did Jesus say it's better for you to 
into life maimed and hallelujah then have two hands two feet and two eyes to go into hellfire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quit why is there so much warning in the bible because god cares about you my friend he's not willing that any should perish but all come to repentance amen and the bible says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the whosoever believeth in him should not perish in hell but have everlasting life that's what the word perish means to be to be amen completely tormented in hell so that they can have everlasting life you can be saved my friend no matter what sin you've done whether you're homosexual adulterer fornicator whatever sin that you've done i don't doesn't matter whether you put the name on a, an idol worshiper what it is a, 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 into witchcraft into into satanism whatever sin that you've done you can be delivered and you can be set free the sin therefore shall make you free you shall be free in there but hell is real if there is no hell the gospel makes no sense because why, because why, why come to Christ if you're going to be redeemed, amen, one day in hell? That means we can just go ahead and live a life what we want to live and know that, hey, one day I'll be, I'll be redeemed. I'll be out of this thing. I'll, make, I'll have reconciliation with God one of these days. It's no problem. God will take me out of this. Listen, it's, for, it's forever. And that's why you need to be ready to meet the Lord now before it's too late. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can know him today. You can be saved by the grace of God. You can be ready to go to heaven and not go to hell, my friend. Today is a day of salvation. Just pray this prayer with me and mean it after your heart. Mean it from the bottom of your heart sincerely, and God will save you and redeem you. Lord Jesus, let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again from the dead according to the Holy Scriptures. I'm a sinner. Lord, I deserve hell. I deserve to be in a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. But Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood and rising from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Lord and Savior, both now and forever. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer, you meant it from your heart and you repented of your sin, amen. We want to send you our free booklet, what it means to be born again, absolutely free. Just write us on our website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org, and we'll send that to you. We're also working on an online edition of that particular new convert booklet amen for new christians praise god if you want to support our ministry please just go onto our website amen international deliverance ministries.org and just donate to us and amen and praise god we appreciate whatever you can do most importantly your prayers we appreciate amen that would that would of course support us more importantly than even the money but we do need everybody's financial help to support this ministry we love you we're praying for you amen god bless Jesus.